0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Equalizer podcast. I am your host, Claire Watkins. Joined this week, I don't know if, if you've ever been on the podcast before. I'm really excited to have Sophie Lawson with me. She uh, is a contributor to many uh, a soccer publication, football publications, um, including the Equalizer. But you can also find her over at All411, the SB Nation women's soccer site. Sophie, how's it going?
1: Uh, it's, it's going all right. How's Good. it going with you?
0: Not too bad. Not too bad. So kind of an embarrassment of riches, this international break, certainly here in the States, easier to watch maybe than ever. Some of the big games. Um, so it seems like from my perspective, when I'm watching these games, even just me, cause I, I tend to have to be a little bit more U S centric in my purview, um, it's like it's like people are being reintroduced, I think, to these teams a little bit with especially the three major tournaments and Algarve, too. But I haven't been able to watch as much of that just because it's harder to find. But um, so I wanted to bring you on because you I feel like anytime I have a question about why a thing is happening in international football, you have an answer for it. <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted to see if maybe we could do this uh, for the podcast. So let's start with She Believes. Now, the headlines here in the States were, you know, a little bit of concern, right? When the U.S. ties Czech Republic nil-nil in their first game. Um, So I'm going to hit maybe this question over to you a couple of times. Can you contextualize that for me a little bit? Tell me about what it is that makes the Czech Republic team hard to break down, because this is not the first result that they've had like this in recent months, right? Um, I think. If we
1: feel, if we fall back on the old cliche about Central um, and Eastern European teams being a bit more dogged and a bit more resolute, I think that's there's I think there's a reason we we, we lean on those a little more. And <clears throat> you know, I, the Czech Republic are a really odd team because it feels like they're always just about on the verge of something, um, but a lot of people tend to sleep on them. And they, they still, despite having a couple of players now who are outside of, of the home league, most play for the two big Prague teams, Slavia and Sparta.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you maybe don't get um, exposed to them as much, but you no, know, they're, um, they're they're a good team, and they've been really building up in the last couple of years. Now, if you go back, <clears throat> excuse me, if you go back to a, a topic I know loads about <clears throat> with with Phil Neville. Because uh, England played a uh, friendly against the Czech Republic in in very snowy conditions um, in uh, the end of 2019, last match of the year. There was no pressure on it. And everyone was like, oh, well, England will walk it." yada, yada, yada. You know, it, it needed a last minute or last five minute, I think, goal from Leo Williamson um, to, for England to win it 3-2. You know, and there's this kind of thing about the Czech Republic is sometimes they can be really, not necessarily brave, but just they don't care who they're playing. Mm-hmm. Like they can go out and put, you know, they can say, look, we know how to play. We don't care who you are. We're going to do what we know how to do. And sometimes they're kind of just the antithesis of that, where they're all over the place and nothing works out. Um, so it's actually really, really, really good uh to see them actually managed to, to hold out all the way through that that the match against the US and uh, US and, and and for um for for Barbara to keep her clean sheet because she actually lost that one against the Dutch very late in the day not so long ago.
0: No that makes I mean that makes perfect sense and I think anybody watching the game could see the the commitment from the Czech Republic even just the physical commitment to keeping things really compact and get like you said getting dug in going for challenges um, so it's, it's funny, you know, covering the U.S., there's always this idea that whatever another team presents, the U.S. should be able to overcome, right? They're the best. They're the number one team in the world. They should be able to overcome um, whatever is in front of them. And, and I found that tested a little bit with this Czech Republic game because there are other underlying factors here, right? A lot of the U.S. is not played in. They're in preseason. They just started preseason with their NWSL clubs. Um, They did not get January camp games because of the Omicron variant COVID-19. They had to just do a camp. Um, But I I saw some similar concern on the U.S. side about what we saw in Tokyo. And so maybe, you know, I'm just asking a few U.S.-centric questions. Is it possible, do you think, to even really evaluate this new roster versus the old, the Tokyo roster, I mean, considering the difference in personnel, or do we look at these as... Lakko andanovsky's like larger portfolio at this point
1: i think and i say this as, as someone who and i don't know if you can tell by the accent isn't american <laughs> yeah. um but I, I think if you look at just the u.s in tokyo or in japan um that i, I think it's not just an outlier but i think it's there's its own kind of Ecosystem, and you have to kind of contextualize everything that was going on and potentially going on off the pitch with that Mm -hmm. team as to why things, even the basic things, just were falling apart. And you had players who were in so much good form who just disappeared Mm -hmm. as soon as they landed in Asia, um, and not in the way of just nipping down to a good little ramen house, but they just it all kind of fell apart. Um, So I think you kind of just have to, you know, just close that book and say, look, whatever happened then. I hope that the players are dealing with it, or you know, like something was clearly wrong there. But this is this is this is a new, this is a new look team. This is a young team. Mm -hmm. These are players who, yeah, might play together at youth level, but this is this is all new. And I think there's there's no need to to panic or to get worried about you know drawing a blank against the Czech Republic or. Needing a hat-trick of own goals to look good against New Zealand. Let's, again, I'm trying not to think about that one because it bums me out.
0: It's but, sad. Yeah, it's true. Yeah,
1: it, 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 it was not pleasant.
0: No. But I
1: think, yeah, the whole thing about, and I know that Americans are very much, why is this, come on, why aren't we not, with the US, you know, we're the world champions. We're at home. We should dominate every nation, every team. This is, You know, but this is this is new mm-hmm. and you've still got basically a new coach. And you, you're, he's trying to find the balance with the younger players. You know, he's he's left some of the older ones <clears throat> at home, and, you know. And it's I just I don't think there's it's time for alarm bells. And I know that there is there was definitely concerns after Tokyo as well with everything that happened there. I think you kind of just have to look at the, the players he's got in now um, and think about sort of the, the 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 fantastic football or soccer, I should say that um, oh, some right. of them. Yeah. Some of them have shown in NWSL and actually just get excited about how that's all going to start to come together. Because if you've got like a, an attack that's got like Trinity Rodman and Ashley Sanchez and Mitch Purse in it, I I, I wouldn't be anxious. I wouldn't be anxious. So I'd just like, yeah, go and ball. I, I want to watch this. Right. I don't care if it takes time. Like, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it definitely seems like as well, you know, um, Katerina Macario was did not feature in those games in Australia, right? But she is a huge part, I think, of of what Mm -hmm. Andonovsky wants to do with the team going forward. And I was interested by these first two games because I'm a big believer in Katerina Macario. I think that she's a fantastic player. She's the future of the team. She will continue to develop. It seemed like that sort of Macario false nine run out where we saw how much time it might take to get that to start working right where they were unable to, to really look all that dangerous in front of goal against the Czech Republic and the goals against New Zealand. I I was talking to someone about it. It's like, those were a little bit more, put the ball in the mixer and see what happens. And that worked for them, right? You, you had the own goals. And then even the two goals scored by the U S themselves was a little bit more whip it in, put a good ball in, see what happens in the box. Um, So this is a philosophical question that doesn't have to be purely about the U.S., but just your thoughts on this. It seems like what they're trying to do with Macario is a little bit more complex and a little bit harder and will take a little bit more time. With the World Cup in a little over a year, how long does a team stick with a project like that before saying, well, maybe we're just a whip the ball in sort of a team?
1: Does that make sense? That makes sense. Um, I think it's, <clears throat> I mean, you'd know better than me about the US and, uh, and a history or, or lack thereof with the false nine. So think it's going to take, it's going to take time because it's, if it's not how you're kind of used to playing and you're, you're used to having at least like an Alex Morgan or, a, or a Christian press or someone who can, or a one back, if you want to go back a little bit more, Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I i don't wanna go back further because it's long before my time. Um I'm just gonna <laughs> and, say and irrelevant,
0: but it is funny to yeah. think about. I was like, oh man, they were even just still playing in a four-four-two back then. So that was a different different era. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But a, a bulldozing four four two. Yeah. Um
0: yeah, it, I don't it feels
1: if you're if you're coming up. <clears throat> you know, and, and you're asking players to play in a way that is foreign or in a formation that's foreign, you know, it, it takes time to learn that. And if that's not what you're doing in your club or, you know, then that it's that switching in and out of stuff. And, you know, and, and Macario, we all know, she, she's off in France. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She would, which is, I I hope she's enjoying the food. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, she's, she's growing and she's learning and she, developing she's still we already know, you know she's she's a, she's a young player anyway but like it's just it all takes time and now is sort of chopping back and forth and it I think in terms of like the philosophical side of it it's how confident is Vlatko mm-hmm. in his vision right. of, uh, of her in the force line how much does he th- you know it's you stick with something as long as you think it's going to work I mean it is it's the, the old cliche that you know insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results but sometimes this this type of thing could just be hey practice makes perfect right um but you know i think he's he's a savvy manager he's not only going to have plan a he's going to have plan b and c and d and and at the very least just quarter qu- crosses into the mixer um but you know you do have those options and You'll have to see, you know, like if you've got Alex Morgan in the team, if you've got Megan Rapinoe, if you can get what, who else you've got happening in and around Macario as you move forward,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if that then changes, and and how you can kind of sort of shift your vocal your your focal points without changing your um your personnel.
0: Yeah, no, I mean that makes perfect sense to me, and I think my my opinion on it is obvious. I think the U.S. is in an interesting place because they do have this player that has this ability to become sort of a connective part of the spine down the middle, but they're obviously also just wildly talented out on the wings. Um, the U S had their winger depth is insane right now. And so it's about figuring out what plays to those strengths and who plays best with Macario herself. I mean, we also saw it, it was almost funny because we saw some of the growing pains of the Macario project. And and then Ashley hatch comes on and immediately scores with her head. And you're like, okay, sometimes, <laughs> Sometimes you just got to put that true nine in there as well. And so I think you're right that it's having multiple looks and it's going to be multiple looks for different teams. And I think we saw that over these two games as well, which is that maybe you do need a more methodical style against a team like the Czech Republic. Um, they played a very different midfield uh, against that team. And then with a team like New Zealand, which quite frankly left the US a lot of space and were struggling even just player for player to keep up with what the US was doing you have, you want maybe different creativity there. Um, and, and I think that, you know, you saw the tempo, tempo was much higher against New Zealand. It was much more run in behind, but that's also just the game that was in front of them. And so I do think it's good to see some of that versatility as well. Um, so I want you now to pitch me on going, looking forward, looking to Wednesday. Why should Iceland win, she believes, Sophie?
1: Um, because everyone wants that to happen. Yes, everyone who right. isn't American wants that to happen. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's you know, it, it was like um, you know, everyone like wanting to see the spirit win um, mm-hmm. y- y- you know the uh, the championship because of everything happening off the pitch. So everyone kind of it's all the goodwill, and it's like right. all the goodwill that kept all the goals. Out of Sheridan's goal for, right. for 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 Batman FC last season. Yeah. Well, it's just you know, it's just vibes. I'm. I don't. I'm so done with with um, COVID and everything. Everything is just pure vibes now. That's yeah. that's all I care about. Not not actual not actual tactics or science or I don't know. Um, they they've kind of Iceland. They kind of fell down. They fell off the cliff a little bit um, mm-hmm. a few years ago, and they 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 lost their manager, and um, he went off to to, to another job. Uh, in, in the men's set-up, which was, you know, perfectly understandable, but um, the the next manager they brought in, it didn't really come together. I mean, his they didn't actually have the worst stats, but it wasn't really looking right on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Now they're kind of back on the rise with 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 Hal and you've kind of got some different players coming in. You've got Svendis coming through, and I can't say enough good things uh, about about Svendis. Um She, yeah, I mean, think w- it won't be long until she, her name will always be one or so of on the like Ballon d'Or shortlists. Um, and I'm definitely not overhyping a child, definitely not. That yeah. um, <laughs> uh, they, you know, Iceland, they can be an absolute pain in the ass to play. Um, you know, again, like they can be very resolute. They can be very r- rigid, um, very hard to move. You know, they they they're a physical site themselves. Um, that kind of just comes out but from you know playing in in Iceland because the weather kind of makes you feel a little bit firmer. Um, but they have technically gifted players. They have smart players. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't necessarily see it so much in the second half uh, yesterday,
0: right?
1: But yeah, no, they're, they're a good. They're on the rise, I think. And that's, they've got kind of some momentum behind them. Um, I think that's kind of maybe what might push in a little bit further. But it's going to be a really tough game uh, because the U.S. don't, I mean, the, you know, the U.S. never want to lose. They no. never want to lose at home. Um, and not with the silverware on the line. No, right. Not with the Sheba on the right line. with the
0: Sheba Leaves Cup, yeah. you know, Ooh. waiting for them.
1: That's the the old. It's the most prestigious tournament there
0: is, right? Um, Exactly. You
1: know, like who cares about the Olympics when there's the she believes. When there's
0: the she believes, exactly. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, So I think it's it's going to be really tough for Iceland, but again, same kind of the same with the Czech Republic is they get they've gotten to a point where they kind of don't care about Mm -hmm. any of the noise around who they're playing. Is they they have that that belief in themselves and their ability. You know, that's so quite recently they beat Japan and mm-hmm. that's not necessarily what people are expecting. Um, but yeah, they're, they're really, they're, they're a nation on the rise and they've got, because of good mix of young players older players, there's a lot who still play in Iceland who, so they're not necessarily playing at the, you know, the best level, but, um, yeah, it's, it's the good vibes behind them. That's yeah. what's going to do it.
0: No, I think it should be a really good game. I hope it's a really good game. yeah, um I know that the u s. will not be happy with a draw. They're gonna want to win. Um, yeah. And yeah, and to to insert a little bit of narrative into it, one one piece of narrative that i do I do kind of believe behind the u s right now is, um, you know, yeah, no, i'm not I'm not ringing any alarms about what seems to be continuing from the Tokyo. Um, Olympics. I thought that stat that they ran on TV about how they were held scoreless at home. I'm like, yeah, but they went to Australia. Uh, anyway, I think that was kind of a silly stat, but um, I will say that a difference, and I think that this is something if we're looking about sort of the spirit of the team, and I think people care about that very much, is perhaps a feeling in Tokyo, and we've seen some of this with Vlad Kowandenovsky's roster choices, that with the new not like non-allocation system this roster is playing for their their jobs right now. And there is an urgency to that. So yes, you want them to play free. You want them to have fun. You understand it's a friendly tournament. It's not the end of the world. But, you know, you think about what encourages a player to score an, a hat trick of own goals. And it's a, a bunch of wingers, essentially, who are one pass away from getting or losing a job on the number one team in the world. And so I think that if there is narrative about she believes it is that it's not so much just about um, winning the trophy, though they would like to do that, but like the team cohesion element will come later. I think that this is about individuals showing what they can do. And so I think that we're going to see more of that on Wednesday. So, you was know, interesting. Oh, go ahead. It,
1: yeah. And again, I think this is, again, I'm not, I'm not American, so I'm not going to be thinking that way, but you know, you, Yes, they'll, they'll be thinking, well, yeah, this is my job. This, is But f- for me, that that's just going to cause anxiety. That's, yeah, you're not going to be playing your, your yeah. best your freest form. And if you've got the anxiety coming over as well, and I think, you know, Vlatko, with what he's trying out now, he'll have faith in it. And he'll be, you know, telling the players to have faith in it. Oh, sure. The, the, the thing that you've, you've got the fans and, and some of the pundits who will have, you know, be like, well, why aren't we winning? Why isn't it coming together right now? Mm-hmm. So it's all about how long that, you can kind of keep that feeling away from the team and kind of keep them in a more relaxed state than a, oh no.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I, I completely agree with that. And I do think that that is a fascinating psychological profile of the U S specifically. Um, and actually this is going to be interesting. I think when we switch over to talk about Spain, because I think Spain is another interesting one and just what's the psychology of suddenly having a lot of attention on you. But, um, the U S is always in this balancing act of they're not really allowed to lose. Um, And in fact, people don't even really like it very much when they just simply don't win. Uh, But they're always also trying to evolve and change and continue to progress as a team. And we saw again, Tokyo was an outlier, but we saw a team win a lot against many great other teams. And then, When they looked in the well, you know, when they were at the actual Olympics, the well was dry. And so um, I do find that fascinating. And I empathize with that position. Absolutely. Let's switch over. Let's switch over from She Believes and talk about the other two major. I say major. (laughs) This is so American-centric. It's just the ones that are easier for me to watch on TV. Um, God bless Algarve. But I just haven't been able to see as much. But um Let's talk about let's talk about Arnold Clark Cup. That's the one that uh that you I think you you went to the games yesterday, yes?
1: I I wanted to. Um but I woke uh, up okay. and I wasn't feeling up to it. Uh, so I okay. didn't um yeah, I oh I loved I would have loved to have been sitting out in the cold for yeah. um <clears throat> 7 Amazing. hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, um yeah. but so this one this this tournament is fascinating to me. It's a you know, you look at um Canada coming in with the momentum of the gold, you know, Olympic gold, England, Spain. Um, and, and you just want to start building again. You want to start building these narratives, right? So let's talk Spain. Let's talk Spain. They, it was a great game yesterday, right? Against, against England scoreless. Um, but it started people talking about what should the expectations be for Spain this summer at the euros and perhaps sort of the, this is where context is really important. And I think you can speak to this really well. We see, we see Barcelona, you know, wipe the floor with the champions league. And there are many Spanish players on that team. Should, what should the expectations be now for Spain as a national team? And have people maybe blown some of that out of
1: proportion? Uh, I think people have have really rather blown that out of proportion. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: uh, the very very wise uh, Amy Roski, who who writes a lot for for Goal, pointed out yesterday that Spain have never won a knockout game at a, at a major tournament or a competitive tournament, um, and people have nailed them on to be favourites for the Euros
0: yeah
1: and that, that that seems a little strange right. um no, perhaps uh, a
0: little bit unfair to them
1: yes uh and this, this is not a, a team yeah. that is known for its mental resolution it's yeah. um more of a france than a germany i think mm, is, is the that's a good way, way to put
0: it. it yeah speaking of germany that they're they are the nation that escaped me germany is the other team in arnold clark i was like bracking my brain yes germany who actually i think is, has looked decent but sorry i'm derailing let's talk spain
1: um Um, you see i'm english so i always get the narratives from 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 the english and yes the second that barcelona um like at half time of the champions league final um not even not even full time half time oh so spain are gonna win the euros yeah um like no (laughs) well that's a jump yeah uh yeah. Uh, and then the thing is, and people watch Spain and they're like, oh well, it's just because they don't have CGH and Aswala and Martins, mm. if they had them, they'd like, No. Right. It's still like still they've got a very different coach. Right. Um, you know, and it's a very different thing. Like the if you look if you look at the um the game yesterday against uh England, you know, you've got Alexia and you've got Jenny and you've got Patrick and you've got Montmathi, so you've got all the Barcelona players and they all know how to play with each other. They all know how to play football, but they're doing things that they would never do in a Barcelona shirt. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're not looking, they're not communicating. They're not really thinking about what they're doing as they would, if they're playing for Barca. So it's, you know, it's not like, well, we've got all the players who know how to do it, yeah, but you put them in a situation where they, they don't look themselves. Mm-hmm. And it could have just been because it was cold and they don't thrive in the cold. None of us do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> except maybe Iceland, but, uh, <clears throat> Excuse me yeah that this is a team that for as, for as long as jorge has has been coaching them, he's been saying we're just happy to be there, no one should be expecting us to win, you know it's we're still this that and the other, and you know we take it game by game and it's it's all very measured, but it's all very negative as well
0: mm.
1: and it's you, you know if you if you look at the game yesterday, then the more. Real Madrid players who came on, the better the team looked hmm. and, like, and I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm watching it and thinking, right, he needs to take off Jenny she's not having a good game, she's a bit right. in the end, this and I oh, know you need to bring on you know, and then he brings on a tenure and the whole game changes and, and she's sort of directing, she's doing everything that you kind of want the Barcelona players to do and she's sort of sparking away and yeah, it's 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 a tricky one, but you've got all this narrative, and I keep and I keep keep saying this, but Barcelona are not Spain, and Spain are not Barcelona. Even right. if you had the exact same starting eleven for both, it it still doesn't translate over. And if you look at Alexia, you know, currently best player in the world by you know um, silverware standards or you know personal accolades, and also mm. just the opinion of quite a few fair people yeah. now in the run-up to the 2019 world cup she was in great form she might have not have been the best player in the world but she was in really fantastic form
0: mm-hmm. you
1: get to the world cup and she just disappears yeah you can fig- you'd forget that she was there and so many of those playing pa- spain players just disappeared and it all became about jenny
0: mm-hmm. at
1: that tournament and then you as soon as you get into the 2019 uh, 20 season alexia is then just playing the football of her life right you know, and it's just something about wearing the Spain shirt that summer, and that this is what I worry about. And the more pressure people people put on Spain, and the more they're like, "Well, they've got to be the favourites. It's Barcelona or yada yada." It's like, no. Watch Watch this team play. Don't watch Barcelona. Right. Watch Spain. Watch Spain against all different types of opposition, and see if they play together well. Right. See if the partnership's there. And so often, it doesn't look right for Spain and the balance isn't there and it's, an, it's not a Barcelona team. It's not a Real Madrid team. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's muddled and it's underwhelming. So often, yes, in, in qualifi- qualification, Spain can have some really fun games and they just start taking teams apart, right. but then it gets to important games or, you know, games where people are like, mm-hmm, and it, yeah, it doesn't look right. And it doesn't look comfortable and they're in a very, very tricky banana skin ish, um group at the euros and the first question is can they get out of that group not are they going to win the whole tournament
0: yeah um well and i think to your point what you said earlier about those about them being a little bit more of a france than a germany i mean we've seen this happen before right we we all did this exact same thing to france (laughs) because of Lyon. and i think it is just really easy to think oh well a lot of as you know, players from a certain country play on this particular team. And that's always going to translate on the big stage. Um, Hmm. so let's talk about some of the other, other teams at Arnold Clark. I've enjoyed these games a lot. I've been really impressed by Canada to be completely honest. You know, I think this is again, a very, uh, us centric take. I thought Canada played fine at the Olympics. I think that they, their defense was obviously very, very good. Um, they they rode some penalties right to 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 gold but it seems like some of the ideas that they're executing based on the foundation of that defense still looks pretty good now right what's your what's your take on Canada
1: um and
0: I I I, I
1: don't think that anyone at any point has really given Bev Priestman her juice yeah um like she came in and the team the team were all, all over the place after after heine muller left right. um and they were so negative and you could see that um and i think Ha has written some articles about this on the equalizer for anyone listening who wants to read um uh, about how you know bev came in and the first thing she did was just get the team believing in themselves again and, and just bigging up their confidence and saying look you can play football yeah um and i think that's that for, for me that was the major shift uh uh at Tokyo, yes, they weren't the most electrifying team.
0: It was a um, weird and- tournament. Let's just be honest <laughs> right yeah. yeah i look
1: i I like Canada, but God, I wanted Sweden to, to win um mm-hmm. her, no but and, you know some what what we're seeing now as they're coming out is you've still got this confidence, but bit by bit, with the more time that, that that the priestman has, she can get that attack going, and she can. Yes, it's still such a defensively, fantastically resolute team. And Mm -hmm. now you've got Sheridan as the number one, and Mm -hmm. you've got um, Buchanan and Gilles and Lawrence, and it's it's all very cool and groovy at the back. Mm -hmm. But then you can start having fun in in the attack in the midfield with – you know, you've got like, Heitmer, who's just tall, basically. Hopefully they don't end up playing New Zealand um, at any point uh, yeah. because that would even even worse. But, um, you know, you know you, you're seeing more fun with, with Canada in terms of attack. And, yes, they haven't scored a massive amount of goals, but it's there. And I, I, I think they're still a very transitional team. And they've got a long time. Before the World Cup. Right. And they need to do the very un Canadian thing and actually just organize friendlies yeah. so they can keep playing, and keep evolving right. And if, if Bev can keep getting those players in camp and just keep inching them towards that more attacking style that doesn't lose the defensive side. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you know, so many of those players play in NWSL. Like they they should be well familiar to people. You know, it's, you know, you put on Nichelle Prince and you know you're going to have. You're going to have a chance in the attack if you put on Deanne Rose, who's having such a great season with Reading yeah, right now. And good. there is there's fun around that attack, and it's been a long time, I think, since we really got to see that from Canada. So yeah, it's yeah, it's it, it's really nice that they're coming out uh, in this tournament. And maybe people are thinking they're going to be quite dour, or oh, there's no chance they can beat a Spain and England or Germany or whatever. It Doesn't matter. It's Canada, when not it? Right. they're really showing their worth and they're showing more of that virtuosity, which is is great.
0: Frankly. Well, it does seem as well. I mean, we saw that we've seen this with Germany. We've seen it with the US. I mean, sometimes winning can become a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You, you get over the line and not only the attitudes of, of the players, but attitudes of the federation, attitudes of, of the ambition there might actually really start to change. And I mean, not to bring the men into this, but Canada is having a moment with, with both sides of the program where it seems like they're like, no, we're, we're here to play. We're here to be a major player. Um, So now I'm going to ask you the, the million, not dollar pound question. Uh, What should the expectations be for England going into this summer? Do you think?
1: Oh boy. (laughs) Um.
0: (laughs) Again, new coach. Um. I've, I've been fascinated. There's so many, you know, new coaches that we're seeing who have not had a ton of time, um, with their teams yet. I think Eng- England's one, right? Uh, Netherlands is another one with Mark Parsons. Um, is that a factor or is England ready ready to go, do you think?
1: Hmm. I mean, it's been an interesting few years for yeah. England with coaches um, and different approaches. You know, and maybe Phil Neville and Risa for a very brief period, she was there, and, and, and Mark Sampson you know, that they are very different coaches from, from Serena. Um, and, and that's, you know, it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. That's just a different thing, you know, um, but the, England have quite a, a good group draw as well for okay. the Euros, um, which is always a nice uh, jumping off point, nice springboard for mm-hmm. a tournament. I don't know. I, I'm English. So mm-hmm. long for, you know, I get the men's team. I get, oh, as long as we get to the quarterfinals, as long as we get to the, you know, <clears throat> but England are hosting. The FA are right. pouring so much money um in, into this world. They want, they want that win. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't think England are the best team in Europe. Um. You know, I I think England has some players and, you know, sometimes we've seen it plenty of times in tournaments. You don't have to be the best team, Right. but it, it depends who they come up against and, and, yeah. and how they're doing. You know, one of the best things I've, I've seen from this England team since Serena took over was that, that press and that defensive block mm-hmm. uh, against Spain, because yeah. it was, it was just, everyone seemed to understand the job and, and they, again, it was that resolution mm-hmm. And that's, we haven't always seen that from England. It's England is usually a bit of this and a bit of that. You know, and it's just, again, finding the balance there so that if you need to defend, you can, but you've then got the right players to get forward and attack and, and make the right decisions. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a little tricky. And it, especially when you look at England's defense right now as well, it's, it's very unorthodox. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they could defend so well really. You know, may, maybe it is worth saying. Well, maybe they are contenders for for, for the Euros, but um, yeah, I, I just think so many people. If it's not if it's not a win for England this summer,
0: it's going to be a disappointment.
1: Yeah, especially okay. look, it's the home Euros. You've got Serena, who's just led a team to a home Euros. Mm-hmm. The FA want to use this as a springboard. It's right. about getting girls into football. It's about getting eyes on WSL. And it's the importance of a win, and I think there was definitely talk around the World Cup that if it wasn't a win for England, it you know they needed the the, the win to to really get the ball rolling for women's football. And yeah, I, I don't know. Um,
0: well, it's, it's hard. It's hard to predict, right? No matter what, but you're right. The the tournaments are funny things. You never know when the the trap what the trap game will end up being. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited for the Euros. I mean, again, we've see we saw Germany do well to um, equalize against Spain, right? They, they were the first team to score against Spain in some time. Um, yeah. They did have, I mean, the, the game that they lost to Canada was not uh, officiated particularly well. So that probably affected the ultimate scoreline, but you know, they were unable to, to get a breakthrough against Canada. Um and, and then just sort of just start speaking a little bit more holistically because we could go on all day. Um, looking over at the tournament in France, you know, France is playing, you know, I, you know, all respect to Finland, um, but but that's not quite at the level maybe of the other three teams. We saw a really fun game between France and Brazil this weekend. Um, we've saw we've seen the Netherlands, and I, I want to ask you about the Netherlands specifically because there's an end tie there, right? We we all know know Mark Parsons very well here. And we also I I think that due to the visibility of WSL, I think that and the fact that the U.S. has played the Netherlands so many times in the last three years, we know those players quite well as two. So maybe this is a good question to ask of who do you think looks at this moment going into the major tournament this summer? Who looks like the cohesion is beginning to form and who looks a little bit more like still a work in progress? oh boy i know it's a big question i won't uh, hold you the, to it i promise
1: i they're all they're all works in progress yeah. um yeah like the netherlands have nothing but um reason to be a transitional team right now mm-hmm. uh france shouldn't be but here we go here we are yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah let's uh, uh, h- how long do you have on france really but uh yeah <laughs> I mean Mark Parsons is doing some interesting stuff with the Netherlands that sounds wrong I do apologize but he <laughs> he um uh, as we've seen and again he did this when they um I think when they played Japan in some bad weather we am trying to remember the end of last year but he'll do something where he'll just flip and play Denmark B, which is also like Denmark under 19s or whatever, mm-hmm. it's it's a very very young team, yeah. and, and the, these are players really just starting to to cut their teeth with the seniors, and it's all very much like it's ten players you don't know and Jackie and or ten players you don't know and Lika Martins or whatever, and so it's it's interesting because he then it feels like he's trying to evaluate this team and he's thinking long term long term because it is an aging team and it. You know, I think a lot of the Netherlands' success, and I've said this a lot, um, and I, I don't, I don't know if I'll be welcomed back into the Netherlands if I keep saying it. Mm-hmm. But you know, if if they weren't the home team in 2017, I right. just don't see them winning that tournament. Yeah, and it was kind of everything that kind of went into that into that win for them, and which isn't to say that they didn't play good football; they did. Um, yeah, but uh, it's. They haven't, so since 2017, with the exception of a game or two here and there, Mm -hmm. like, uh, they had a World Cup um, playoff game against Denmark in, oh, I want to say Breda, where they were just insanely good, like, Pure Dutch football. Everything was fluid, and it was just some of the. It was just like, why can't they play like this every week? Mm-hmm. You know. And then they were quite underwhelming at the, at the World Cup, but they still got mm-hmm. to the final. And then they really had to change so much to deal with the US. And then that works until you kick a player in the ribs in the face. But,
0: yeah, right. Yeah.
1: On oh, the face. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so I think there are a lot of there there are a lot of cracks in that in that Dutch team that have just been papered over. That you know, and, and Parsons has come in. He's gone. Ooh, we're not structurally sound, are we? This is a bit dodgy. Mm. Um, someone has been building on sand. Um, so he's. He, that's why he's trying to evaluate with, with the younger players. And I don't know. I don't know how long this project is going to have to be for him because you say that th- there are good young players coming through in the Netherlands and players who weren't given a huge amount of a chance under Wiegmann. Wiegmann, when she was with the Netherlands, had a very firm starting 11, that, that she liked. And yes, in terms of where the players were at on the world stage and who they played for, that made sense. But there was always that little bit more wiggle room that yeah. she didn't go for. So it feels very different now with, with Parsons because he's changing so much. But yeah, it depends, you know, the the, the, the team he takes uh, to, to the final tournament, really. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're a team, Dutch players know how to play football. Right, but at the end of the day, then you know, and they can they can really make it hard for their their opposition if they get it right. It's the, the question is will they get it right? Whereas, say the question for for France is, uh, you know what? Let's not get into that one at the minute. But yeah, no, it's, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think as defending champions. That there's going to be some pressure and and some of expectations for for the Dutch, but again, I, I think people need to be mindful that, that they are very much in transition, and not just in terms of the coach, but in terms of the players as well, right. and how they're going to go about things, and how that will be really rather different from what Vinkman used to do with the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it seems to me that it's kind of like we were talking about with with the Tokyo with the Tokyo Games everything within the Tokyo games was influenced by the pandemic down to the games themselves, but even just the um, preparation that people got before the, the tournament and, and that really shook things on their head a little bit. And I think that we're still seeing a ripple effect of that this year in that we see, we're seeing so much experimentation within a lot of these different national teams, especially those who did participate in the Olympics because, they had to sort of scramble and put together the best groups that they thought that they could. And then it was either brand new coaches in Tokyo or about to be brand new coaches after Tokyo. And so now we're still seeing that development, which is very exciting, but also um, I have to imagine a little bit nerve wracking with the euros this summer. And even, I mean, I'm excited for world cup qualifying and CONCACAF. I mean, Mexico has been doing the world, the CONCACAF world cup qualifying qualifiers which is a mouthful um and and they've been they've been really kicking ass and so it's it's going to be a fun mix i think in concacaf as well especially because i can't imagine the u.s wants to lose to canada again um so it seems like a good would you say the maybe this is the good way to end this um it feels like there's maybe an infusion of fresh life in into the international stage right now um, as people are turning their attention back to it, is that sort of how it feels for you as well? Um, I
1: mean, I mean, I personally feel dead inside most days, so that's, yeah, that's a tricky enough. one for me. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I think that's <clears throat> that's that's fair, you know. And I think it's just such a weird time with everything going on with the pandemic right. that you can kind of lose focus on. Yeah, like everyone, everyone is transitional. And you've got the expanded, ta- uh, the expanded world cup so you've got more chances mm-hmm. uh, of your your fringe or your sometimes teams qualifying and that kind of then pushes everyone to raise their level if you're you know if you're a, a conquer calf team or a calf team that is maybe on the fringes it doesn't always get there then you push a little bit more be a little more cer- cerebral about what you do and maybe you qualify for a world cup so yeah it's it's cool and because you do have more eyes on it as well you want to see that product I- improving and you kind of want the unpredictability of it as well mm-hmm. so you know u.s drawing against the czech republic and yeah you know mexico looking like they have a long-term vision i mean that's yeah. new for mexico right you know um they, they can play football but now they've got a long-term vision that's well yeah i i yeah i just i kind of want to just revel in, in the un, un, unpredictability of it you know maybe that and sweden winning the euros just
0: yeah
1: (laughs) it would be
0: (laughs) i agree that it would be really nice for sweden to get one they deserve it that group deserves it um i really enjoy watching them play
1: Uh it's it's interesting because obviously germany have um have won the euros eight times right so so they always go in with that pressure on them
0: right well yeah again we're this could get so long germany is fascinating to me um just in they're how competitive just as as they, they were upheld, right, as one of the, the the greatest nations in women's football for so many years and mm-hmm. haven't made it to those later stages in the last, what, eight, eight years, something like that. And so I just it would be cool to see a German resurgence. I just I, I don't know enough to know if that's ahead of us, you know,
1: the, the players, they have the players to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is the short answer to that that doesn't get me in trouble with anyone
0: yeah fair enough um, well thank you sophie so much for joining me um this was really really uh, insightful and and not really a voice we get on the podcast all the time because it's very easy for us here to get very focused on what's happening in the states um, but there's a whole whole world out there and the euros are going to be very exciting I think that these uh, international friendly tournaments have been great love to to see the the expand the little bit of an expansion there where we're seeing a lot of different types of games. And, and that's great to, to get people, I think even just in the States psyched for the 2022 calendar year, because we've, we've been in hibernation a little bit. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to wrap up here. I have been your host, Claire Watkins shout out to our producer extraordinaire, Jacqueline Purdy and our distributor blue wire podcasts. And we'll be back with you next time.